0: Class Kids Radio, it's Trina here. Marie Hannan is on the line from Dogs in Distress.
1: Hi, Marie. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? Tell us as much. What is it that you do there? Dogs in Distress I set up about 20 years ago when I realised that dogs were actually going into pounds and not getting a viewing or an opportunity to get out. Um, at that stage, the internet was only really getting started. Mm. So I decided to get involved. And where I started was actually at the time with Ashton Dog Pound. And I organised myself to go in there. Then I realised I took on a bigger job than I had planned. Yep. And I had nowhere for these dogs to go. So um, I got involved and a lot of people started helping me on the internet and we got dogs sponsored. And at that time, a lot of people from the UK actually helped sponsoring dogs, which was very nice. They paid for their nutrition, or spay and their vaccination. Mm-hmm. And really, that's how it got going. So I did that for 10 years until I realised I couldn't continue it as um, it was becoming... No longer sustainable because we were putting all our money into the pound dogs, uh, but the pound weren't putting any money into the dogs that they were getting paid okay. for. So there was no looking after them. As so in, so you were medical. taking
0: these dogs out of the pound, were you? Yes. Where were they going?
1: Into foster homes. That's what I set up at the time, so right. that people took them into their foster home and looked after them as a, as a member of their family. And we got them neutered and spayed or vaccinated, and microchipped, whatever needed to be done. And then we looked. We were able then to find out a little bit more about the dog's personality once they relaxed and chilled a little bit. And then we found homes for them, suitable homes.
0: OK, and they went to their forever home. Or else I'd say probably a lot of people over the years probably ended up adopting the dog, did they, after fostering? Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it's kind of a bittersweet. It's great that the dog gets a home, but we then lose a foster. So we have to start all over again. Yeah, I understand. good and bad.
0: Yeah, Mm. yeah. So what are the the biggest challenges, would you say, for somebody who is fostering and then maybe adopting a dog? What are the things that they should look out for?
1: Well, I think if you're fostering, I mean, if you already have a dog, it makes life a lot simpler because you've already been there, done that and you have the T-shirt. It gives you an introduction with our guidance which is important, Mm. Um, what you need to do and what to look out for. And if there's any problems along the way, obviously we're at the end of the phone all the time, which is something that we provide hugely support mechanism, even after the dogs are adopted.
0: Yeah, because you must find that there are people who will foster a dog and then they realise, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm working out of the house for, you know, eight, nine, ten hours a day and it's probably not going to work for me long term. So it's good in a way that they foster and they realise that before they commit yes. fully. Because that's what exactly. happens. People do that and then the dogs end up going
1: into the shelters, don't they? Yes, well, that's what happened with the pandemic. Um, there was too much of this advertising but now that you're home all the time, Uh, it's now a good idea to get a dog. Nobody thought about past when this was going to all end, Mm. when things were going to go back to normal, whatever normal is. And the dogs were going to suffer, and they did suffer. And they're being handed over left, right and centre now to every pound, every shelter in the country is full of dogs. And the problem with the dogs from time in the pandemic is the dogs weren't socialised properly. They haven't had much interaction with other dogs. A lot of them aren't properly house trained. A lot of them don't know how to walk on a lead and a lot of them just never really learned to be a dog because they were quite isolated and the people that took them on didn't have the experience and the knowledge to make sure that they were setting them up. And the other thing all the dogs now are suffering from hugely is separation anxiety because they've had somebody with them 24-7 and the next thing, the people thought, well, we'll just go back to work and that's fine. And they walk out the door and expect the dog to be happy with that arrangement. Dog is left on his own for nine hours, probably rips and shreds and tears something and wheeze and pews all over the place because they've no choice and they're anxious and they're fearful and they're afraid and the next thing is they end up in the pound yeah. because they can't manage them any longer because they can become destructive can't they when yeah. they have that separation anxiety yeah. what's the
0: best thing for that I mean if, say if you've already you know the dog already has it is there a way of getting that out of the dog
1: there is, yeah, but it's a slow period and it's something you need to build up to. And that's where people should have put a bit more thought process into it before they just thought that they'd go out to the front door, close and everything would be fine again. You need to build it up with the dog. You need to build that confidence. It's no, no different to having a child. I mean, who wants somebody that's fretting and panicking and upset every time you go out? You don't. I mean, your job as a dog parent, no more than a human parent, is to set these dogs up to be sociable relaxed, friendly individuals who can enjoy life, not something that's panicking and shaking in the corner every time you go out the door. Mm -hmm. So you need to work on it slowly. Every day, a little bit more, a little bit more, put on some music for them, relax, don't make such a fuss when you're going and don't make such a fuss when you're coming back and work with them. Yes. Don't expect them to do it on their own. Do you know people do that,
0: don't they, Marie? They. I'm going out now, doggy. I'll be back
1: in a while. And you make a big yeah. fuss. About,
0: well, I do yeah. anyway. You make a big fuss about when the you fact you're in. leaving.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you come in and you go, oh, you're great. And they're going, oh, I knew there was something to be worried about. Now they're back. This is excellent. And you're making a big fuss of coming back. Whereas yeah. if you walk in and you make no fuss of coming back, they go, oh, okay. I think I read somewhere about,
0: you know, putting on your coat when you're still walking around the house so the dog still sees you in the house. Is that a good one?
1: Yeah, picking up the keys, going to the door if they're used to going in the car with you, walking out the kitchen door, leaving them in the kitchen, close the door, do it for a minute, walk back in. But make no fuss when you go back in, just go in, go out, go in, go out. Like my dogs, okay, they'll only be, not anxious, but waiting in the morning. It's kind of like, are we going, are we going for a walk? But once the walk happens, they're like... Now, well, you can do what you like now for the rest of the day. We're fine. Right, okay.
0: Is that important as well, to have a schedule for when you're walking the dog and that?
1: They like it and they're kind of very much... um, Dogs, unlike us, are very black and white, which is lovely in a lot of ways because there's no grey areas, so what you see is what you get. They love routine. And if they're fed at a certain time, they're ready and they're expecting it to be happening. Plus their gastric juices are are getting ready for that meal. So if you don't do it, um, it can cause a little bit of a tummy upset. Um, They get ready for those things. They like routine, they like things to happen change is not is not easily acceptable, I find with them anyway and the same way as when you take a dog out of the pound, I always say to somebody, when we take a dog into foster care, the dog we take in is never the same dog we have in three weeks we will have a completely different dog, nine times out of ten
0: They do have an internal clock, don't they? Remember my, oh, my brother's old dog, she used yes. to go to the window, it would be about 25 past five, he'd get home a half five and the dog would be at yes. the window 25 past five every day, knowing that he was yes. about to
1: come in no need for them to have a Fitbit or a watch. Yeah. They know exactly what's happening, yeah, at that's what amazing. time. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So,
0: OK, so I guess that you're on the lookout for foster families all the time, aren't you? Yes, yeah, that's what
1: we need very much. Somebody just to commit. I mean, they don't, all we need from somebody is to take the dog into their home and to look after them. We pay for everything. A collar lead, bed, food, vet visits, everything is covered. Everything. So there's no demand on the family income budget whatsoever other than their time.
0: And do you, how do you place the dog? Like, do they come and have a look at the dog first or what happens?
1: Well, ideally what we do is we put the dogs up on our website and then we put up a little bio on them as to what their needs are, i.e. another dog, no other dog, loves cats, hates cats, likes children, doesn't like children or hasn't been around children. And that's the thing that we get a lot of um, people annoyed about. Why is every dog you go up not allowed to be with children but if we have dogs that have come into our care and they've never experienced living with children well then we're not going to be the first ones to try it out because if it goes wrong the dog is the one that will get blamed so you know we can't then just place them in a home with very young children if we don't know that they haven't been in that experience already had that experience already and um, so what we do then is put the dog up You might see the dog on the internet, you like the dog, you read through the requirements and we do ask on the top of our page, please do not apply for this dog unless you can meet the requirements and that's important because we're a voluntary organisation, we don't have all the time in the world to be reading through stuff that is never going to make any difference and I mean I'm getting in like hundreds of emails every week and it's a lot of stuff to read through and I might be lucky if I find two suitable homes out of it because again, people haven't read the requirements. So you don't want the back
0: and forth. You want people, the information is there for people to take in. And yeah, because I can imagine the admin involved of, you know, sitting there back and forth,
1: back and forth doing the, I can only imagine. I've spent two hours this morning just doing microchip search to release ownership for the new owners, to put it all in the post, to send it out, go to the post office and do that. That's only one tiny part of the job. Mm. Then you have Mm. to read through all this other stuff and you might even find one suitable home and you go, this dog is really happy with another dog. And if a dog needs another dog, we will always make sure that they, their requirements are met because that's why we're doing this. We're not doing it for the love and honour and glory, certainly, because there's none of that. Yeah. But we are looking for whatever's right for that dog. So if that dog is a little bit nervous or timid and never been used to other dogs and it's middle-aged, well, then we're not going to put it in that situation. We'll find a quieter home where somebody is just happy to have a single dog. And that's That's fine too. Mm -hmm. But again, it, it takes a lot of time to wade through the stuff to find these proper homes, you know? Yeah.
0: And are you happy enough... If uh, the dog is to is going as a companion dog, say if you have an older dog that you need fostered, a companion dog for maybe even somebody who's just going into retirement themselves or something, and like yeah. you, you don't have to be like you know twenty five to foster
1: the dog, do No, you? and you don't have to be out running a marathon, no, not at all, yeah. And um, we will match it to the dog's requirements. I mean, we have a little one now who'll be going to her home at the weekend. She actually lived with three other dogs, but she was bred from. She had to fight for her food. So she's no longer happy for that to happen. So what she wants now is to sit down on somebody's knee, be walked and be the apple of their eye and the most important thing to them because it's something she hasn't had. So she's going to hopefully get that on Saturday. Brilliant. And she's going to a retired couple. I do. And that's exactly what she wants. And that's exactly... Whereas the other little fellow we took out of that situation, he was so nervous and scared and terrified. He hid in a bed for a week before he'd come out. And now he's uh, total social butterfly, flying yeah. around the place. And he was home with another little dog, similar to himself, and they're having a great time.
0: Yeah, you have to you have to have patience, don't you? Because the dogs will mm-hmm. come round, but you know you yeah. do, you have to put time into a dog. It's not yeah. a case of like you get the dog and the dog is perfectly trained and everything's. It's like a movie. That's not how life is.
1: No, and it's the same when you adopt them. Like a lot of people adopt them and they bring the world and its wife in to see the dog on the first day. And that's not a good idea because the dog has just again changed and lost everything that was familiar to them for probably the second or maybe the third time. So they really don't need that. They need to be brought in, let settle, be fed, go for a little walk, nearby, nothing huge, let them get used to the place, snip around the place and do it early in the morning so that everyone doesn't disappear and go to bed. But I mean, when all this thing changes, it's an awful lot of change for anybody. Can you Mm. imagine a human being whipped out of what's familiar, not explained, and you're landed into something new? It's, very, it's a lot to ask, a lot to ask. Yeah.
0: Now, Marie, if somebody is very interested in fostering a dog, but say in August they're going on a week's holiday and they're worried about that, what happens in those kind of um, scenarios?
1: Well, what we do then, once you let us know in advance, as opposed to lastminute.com, which does happen too, I'm going next Friday, which is a little bit of a panic on our part, Yeah. because we're dependent on people to come forward. So we could put up, look, can somebody mind um, saving for a week because the foster is going on holidays or whatever. Or we yeah. might have a home in the pipeline and we just might need to might speed things up. But again, we're trying to do home visits. We're trying to do all the paperwork. We're trying to get all that in place. So sometimes it works and sometimes it, we don't quite get there. But there are a few people that have stepped in and will mind for a week or two weeks, as in they know it's a confined space that they're working within and that's it.
0: And the other thing is, if you are, you, you mentioned there about a home visit. I assume mm-hmm. that if you, you need to have like a, a an enclosed garden, that kind of thing, do you? or
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to make sure because the problem is, like, people assume once they fill in a form or, you know, that it's all fine. No, it's not fine because, number one, people don't always tell the truth. And after all, the reason we're doing what we're doing is because we love dogs and we want to make sure that when they do do this last move to a new home, it will be their last and that it's everything we hoped it would be for them. So we need to make sure that everyone is aware that the whole family is on board. The garden is secure, but the dog will be living indoors. We don't home to dogs living outdoors because that's not part of a family. All that is is an address. And that's not what we're looking for for the dogs. We're looking Mm -hmm. for where they can live happily as part of the family in everyday life and involved. And everyone enjoys the dog, you know, and that's that's what's important, you know. Would you
0: believe I have a friend who recently adopted a dog and... The dog had was a golden retriever and you can imagine everyone loves golden retrievers and I think they're one of the most popular dog breeds going. And uh, the dog was living in an apartment and at the top floor of an apartment where dogs are not allowed in their complex and I was like, what were you thinking? Yeah. A dog like that needs space. Like they need to have a, a garden and, you know, and, and obviously the landlord got, got uh, word of it as well and the dog, was, the dog was gone, you know. So people need to use their common sense as well.
1: Absolutely. And that's a huge thing. Apartment living is fine for smaller dogs, little people that are easy to manoeuvre up and down, less active dogs. But I mean, people looking for working breeds, unless you're going to be hugely active and, you know, running up the Dublin mountains every day, any of the working breeds, you have to expect problems unless you're going to fulfil their requirements. And that's what's important, is their requirements.
0: Okay, Marie, give me all the details. How can we contact you? Where are, What's the website?
1: Our website is www.dogsindistress.org All the information is up there for either fostering or adopting or the dogs. We're trying to upgrade the site at the moment to make it even more user friendly mm-hmm. if possible. We try and put up as much advice as we can as well about, you know, getting a dog settled and not to be expecting things to um, change overnight. They do need a little bit of time, you know. And is there a social media or anything that we can follow? Yeah, we have Instagram and we have Facebook. Okay, dogs
0: in distress. Have a look at them there. Marie, you're doing great work. Well done. Thanks a million for coming on. Not at all. Thanks Cheers. a million. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's Ireland's Class Kids Radio.